selfish pride reacts and separates me from you. But if your strength is only seen within my weakness, then I'll surrender and give all I have to you. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome today to Home Stream, uh, Hope Stream. This is the day that the Lord's made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We are here to uh, share some hope, some strength, some encouragement. Uh, my name is Pastor Michael Brenner. I'm the senior pastor and founder of Center of Hope Church. And I just want to welcome you. Is that a golf clap? <laughs> yes, it is, sir. <laughs> Pastor Sean, uh, the guy in the sound room. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, what? Stop. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> no partiality or anything, but um, thank you, Pastor Sean. He's uh, the man behind the scenes here. We're here at Hope Radio. Um, and we just want to uh, thank Hope Radio for providing this awesome facility, um, the awesome opportunity to be able to reach and impact people with the gospel, with the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, today, I have a very special guest, um, Pastor Danny Gonzalez of Oasis Church. Hey, welcome, everybody. Thank you for having me. At least you got a little bit better applause than I did. Yes, yeah. wow. Hey. Just remember, the last will be first, and the first will be last. Okay? That's what they tell me when they pick me on the baseball team. I'm always the last. <laughs> <laughs> and also here in the studio, we have Pastor Owen Daniels, uh, silent, silent uh, Pastor Owen Daniels. He's here with us. Um, and today is just a, an amazing day to be um, in the presence of God, yes, yes. Uh, connecting and uniting um, now more than ever, it's so important that we are not holding up our banner, but his banner, the banner, mm. the name of Jesus, and that we're working together as a community of believers, the ecclesia, right? Mm. And uh, so it's just an honor and a privilege to have uh, you out today, Pastor Danny. We've known each other for a long time. Pretty much, um, yes. And, you know, that's one thing that I really find value in is people that are consistently committed and plugged in uh, to the body, to the cause of Christ. And uh, so um, if you would uh, share with us um, where you're at right now um, as far as Oasis Church, and then let's kind of rewind and go back to a little bit and catch some of your story. Okay. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for having uh, me here, Pastor Mike and Pastor Sean. Uh, great studio here. Love what you guys are doing. Uh, yes, again, my name is Pastor Danny, and I'm from Oasis Live Church. We are in the city of Rancho Cucamonga. And yeah, give it up for Rancho Cucamonga. Yeah. And the surrounding cities. Yeah, Ontario, Altaloma, Upland, Pomona. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I didn't tell you, Pastor Danny. I'm actually from Rancho Cucamonga. Are well, you? I grew up there like elementary, high school. I love it. Awesome. Yes. Wow. Have you lived there a long time? You know, I don't even live there. We live in oh. North Fontana. So okay. What's funny is my mom and dad. It's not funny, but when I was very young, I went to school in Rancho Cucamonga. 
uh, kindergarten, first, second, I believe third grade too. Oh, where at? It was called, um, uh, what was it? It was Christian school. Okay. Um, it was an assemblies of God. What the heck? Oh, Calvary Christian school. Oh, and so oh, it's wow. still there. It's not another church, but we drove by there. <laughs> And I was like, wow, I have so many memories of being there. Oh, but my mom cool. and dad, they did lots of ministry in Rancho Cucamonga. But it was only called Cucamonga. Cucamonga. Yeah. yeah. So I've kind of given away my age, ain't I? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone used to go, Cucamonga, where's Cucamonga. that at? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But now, um, yeah, here with Oasis Life Church, it's actually been one year um, this month that I've been with Oasis Life Church. I uh, came out of a really large church. And uh, it was um, God put the call of God uh, put the call on my life to actually go and help my friend and my pastor uh, to go help him. And I was only supposed to go there for a month to lead worship because his worship leader was gone. Mm-hmm. So I asked my pastor, you know, the right thing you do, you ask your pastor, you don't just bell on him. Um, and I went and led worship, and it was great, you know. And then after the second month, I just started feeling the call of God to help him. But I didn't mention it right away. Well, see if this just feeling goes away, you know. And the Lord just began to drop his uh, spirit on me. I talked to my wife. I talked to him. And he said he felt the same thing that God showed him. So, yeah, that's what's going on there. Nice. Excellent. And, uh, you know, um, we were talking earlier, and I think a lot of people miss a lot of God opportunities by not taking the uh, getting active or taking that step and just um, seeing if this is where God's leading us. And and uh, Abraham, the word says in Hebrews 11 that he uh, that he left his homeland and he he moved by faith, not knowing where he was going. Mm. But he he listened to the voice of God and God called him to adventure out mm-hmm. into a new land. And and we're so uh, glad that he did. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> the father so he was faith. our. Our right. example, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I think a lot of times people miss it because uh, they're afraid and, 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 you know, the unknown. And uh, I, that's one of the things that um, I think is a key for us to really uh, continue to progress in our faith, in our ministry, in the call of God. Um, God's a moving God. He's a flowing right, God. And, right. and so we need to be active and, and, and uh, moving along with him. Amen. I think that's so awesome, Mike. Yes. So take us back a little bit. I, I want uh, listeners to know a little bit about where you came from, maybe the you know, environment that you grew okay. up in. All right. Well, awesome. Um, what would Back when I was born, <laughs> I came from a family, of a good family. My mom and dad, they pretty much raised me in church. It wasn't always like that with them. Um, they were from the hardcore streets of South Central, actually like Watts back in the days. And I had heard my dad was a gang leader and my mom, they were into just, you know, they pretty much held the fort down back in the days. You know, I heard right. some crazy stories, but I had the blessed uh uh, upbringing of actually growing into a Christian home because my mom gave her life to the Lord back in the 60s. So uh, I think I was not even one years old yet. And mm-hmm. she had went into the woman's home. Apparently I was able to go in here, go in there was a teen challenge home. Then it turned into a victory outreach home. My mom just, you know, just loved the Lord. She's still, you know, alive today and serving God more than ever. Wow. So praise the Lord. She's really raises us up with the right upbringing. Um, and we just hear the stories of how crazy that was, you know, <laughs> uh, and my dad too, he's gone to be, uh, home with the Lord, you know, 
uh, back in the 80s, you know. Mm. Uh, but I grew up and, you know, just loving God and um, pretty much a good kid, what I was being told. I was always in leadership meetings and hearing what was going on. Some They used to make fun of me. They said, you could probably run a men's home by your, by 10 years old because of all the meetings you've been and all the exposure you've had. Is that right? So I would actually get in a room and I would emulate my dad because my dad had a, a, a administration part of him, but a counseling. He would mm. run these homes. So I would emulate him and I would put my big old... Uh, teddy bear there and I would pretend I was counseling it. Is that right? Yeah, but I'd be doing business. So today I still do that. Wow. That's crazy. I'm, I'm, I work in a business field, but I'm always counseling men right. and working with people. So that was my, you know, way of uh, how I up, uh, you know, grew up. But Pastor Mike, I had, I hit some bumps when I was uh, in my latter years. Uh-huh. Um, Unfortunately, my dad had backslid when I was a teen mm-hmm. and uh, he had started to go back to drinking and drugs. And, uh, you know, there was a little bit of chaos in the home. Thank God my mom stood strong. Um, I began to dabble in my own life with alcohol, drugs, going to parties. Uh, I'd have to sneak away because my mom, you know, we couldn't do that. We'd have to go to church. But I would, you know, try to do my own thing. I'd go to my dad to see if I could do that. What happened was, is I started graduating into more deeper drugs later on. And I could thank God that even when my dad died, he he died a saved man because he repented from all his sins. So thank God for that. Yes. Uh, what it left with me is a curiosity of the world. Mm. So I began to go out to parties. I began to, you know, drink. And first it started in restaurants. And then it started in parties back in the 80s. And then, you know, started to go to kickbacks and then, you know, uh, gangs, party crews, things like that. And then I started to go into heavier drugs when it was meth. Mm. Now, back in the 80s and early 90s, you didn't know that you were going to be hooked on that stuff. Right. One thing I'd always said, I'm not never going to do heroin because I've seen family members who did that. Right. I'm like, there is no way I'm going to get hooked on this. So this is more the rich man stuff. Little did I know, Pastor Mike, I got hooked so bad on that stuff wow. that I kind of just really literally almost lost my mind. Mm-hmm. I went into deep depression, suicidal anxiety. If it had not been for Jesus, I would have been in a mental in- hospital. I really believe that. Wow. The Lord showed me that if you had not given your life to me at that time, you would have been there. Wow. And I remember just, um, I was at my wit's end. I had just lost a job and um, I was in my apartment alone. And I remember just watching a Billy Graham program, trying to go to sleep because I didn't want to deal with, you know, the chaos. So Mm -hmm. I go, great. Billy Graham's really going to put me to sleep. Little did I know that the Holy Ghost had a set up there. <laughs> yeah. So my heart started pounding when he was saying, there's someone watching this television program that knew the Lord growing up and you're a prodigal son and God is calling you back. And all you have to do is just repeat this prayer and God loves you. I began to weep, Pastor Mike, mm. and there was nobody else there but me. Nobody had to lead me but the Holy Spirit. Right. And I said that sinner's prayer and I just cried like a baby. And literally I woke up the next day feeling healed. I had no effects of the drugs, no wow. desire. And I, I remember my mom had given me a Bible and I had it up in the closet. And I never read it while I was there, but I remembered that it was there. Mm-hmm. I believe that was the Holy Spirit. I got it, wiped the dust off, got on my kitchen table and I started reading it. And I finally understood what it meant. It was wow. speaking to me, to my spirit in the first uh, scripture that came was it found in Romans that says Christ died for the ungodly while you were still in your sin. And right. I understood what that meant. Like, wait a minute, you didn't die for me when I got myself together because that's what um, I was thinking I needed to do. That's why I never came to you. 
mm-hmm. but you died for me when I was in my sin, right. in my misery. I finally understood what that was. So that uh, love was di- different. You know, and I think that's a, a something that a lot of people um, struggle with mm-hmm. is that that God could love them just the way they are. Right. And you know, I've I've talked with a lot of people over the years, and and I've heard so many times that. People say this, I think God's mad at me mm. or, or I, I've disappointed God or I've mm-hmm. let God down. But we know from Psalms 139 that every day of our life has already been recorded in his books. And so from the beginning to the end, it's already been written. He already knows nothing shocking him, nothing surprising him. And he still, still went to the cross, not when we were at our best, and, and but when we were actually at our worst. And so oh, God's so love. Good. And if there's some listening to right now and and you you feel unworthy and and you feel condemned and that that there is no hope that that you've gone too far maybe you've made some bad choices or maybe something's happened to you was uh done to you and you just feel like like an overwhelming sense of guilt or shame uh, I want to encourage you and let you know that Jesus loves you that he is here for you no matter how far you you've gone. It doesn't matter. He simply wants us just to come home, just to encounter him, to know him in a deeper way. And and his acceptance and his love is absolutely unconditional. And he just saying, just like that prodigal son, just come home. Just, just let me embrace you. Let me hold you. Let me be your strength and your source. And, and, uh, I think a lot of times that is a barrier that the enemy puts up to prevent us from really having a, uh, an encounter with God's love. Right. Pastor Mike. I've heard a lot, uh, and I used to say this too, that, well, when I get cleaned up, yeah. I'll go ahead and go to church. <laughs> right. And you know that really, I mean, rarely happens, you know. Right. I mean, it might maybe 1%, but for me, it never did. Right. Like, you know, I'm just thinking this, you know, the Bible says there's a, a way that seems right to a man, but it leads to death. I was on the road of destruction, but I was thinking I was good because my feelings were great about it. Right. You know, even though I was in my drug addiction, I had this false hope that I was... Uh, like a prize fighter and I was ambition and, you know, I'm going to make money and, you know, all that stuff, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but God found me at my worst. Right. And I remember that being in, locked in that closet, crying out to him. Mm. And nobody could do that. There's not one person. My mom, thank God, used to pray for me. Right. If I could add to that is that a praying mother or anyone praying for you is powerful. Because right. my mom used to not only pray, but she used to fast. And I, I believe really that was the turning point when everything went downhill. Right. What I mean by like, what do you mean downhill, Pastor Danny? Well, a man's got to go down so that he could even look up to God. And I had to finally surrender. Right. But it was through that prayer that, right. that happened. So that was back in 1992 during the riots, I remember, in L.A. Mm. And I remember that because I, I was, I, you know, I wanted to go to church so bad and started going to church. And I started hitting the streets right away. Like nobody had to tell me. I just felt in my spirit I needed to go. Like I had a deep desire. So I'd go to the parks. I wasn't working. I lost my job. So, you know, I go, well, I'm going to hit, I'm going to spend my, I wrote me a schedule. I go, I'm going to go every day. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to hit the Sacombe Lake Park. And I would go and I would make lunches mm-hmm. and just, I'm like, well, they're hungry. So I guess I can't just tell them about Jesus. Like, how do you tell somebody about Jesus if they're hungry? Right. So nobody had to tell me that. Like, it's just something that you do, like your heart is led. Right. I remember I'd take people to the men's home and I'd give them bus fare and, you know, 
I was filling up the men's home and women's homes faster, and they were like, Danny, <laughs> slow it down, boy. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just very a zealous young man because of what Jesus had done in my life, you know. Reminds me of Paul, and, and I think it's sad sometimes Christians can kind of burn out or get to a place where we do, just feel like we don't need to do that stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm reminded of Paul, how he said, return to me the joy of my salvation. Yes. Rekindle that fire, like bring mm-hmm. me back, fan the flames, um, like Paul said. And and um, and I think it's important that we continue to remind ourselves. And, and I, I love that we've always been real like-minded mm-hmm. um, yes, and our, our churches both... Um, uh, provide food mm-hmm. um, and I think that's a key thing we can't just tell people about God we can't just tell them you know things are going to be better it's our responsibility mm-hmm. as the body of Christ to provide and help meet needs physical needs yes as well as spiritual needs and yes. and uh, to be honest with you not every church has that heart and uh Maybe we'll just have that specific call, but I I think it's uh, a beautiful thing to be able to help meet needs, um, no matter where someone's at or what where they're at in their walk or their life. Just saying, here's some unconditional love, here's some help, here's some encouragement. Ultimately, here is some hope. Right, man. (laughs) Here, here is God, and God, you know, meets the needs, and it's wonderful that He uses us to meet the needs. And it's not like that we have a lot, but we have a Father who has a lot. He owns all the cattle on the hills. So it's not about the amount of money you have; it's just what you have, and that could really, really go a long way for someone, Pastor Mike. And so, uh, just continuing, you know, um, I just started getting involved in ministry. Did all discipleship classes. Uh, I relearned what I had learned as a kid, if you will, but now like the a really true converted adult now. And so I was zealous for God and still am. Um, I had had a call on my life. Somebody prophesied and I was only saved three months. They said that uh, I was going to be a prophet to the nations. Mm. And I'm like looking at them cross-eyed like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, I ain't ready. For, I ain't read that part yet. You know, I'm still in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, and Romans. Like, you ain't got out of that yet. So I'm like, I had no idea. That's a little bit too profound. I ain't never even left the Inland Empire, let alone go. What do you mean the nations? Wow. But it turned out that as time went on, I started being part of. I was led to be in the evangelism teams a lot, mm-hmm. and I loved that. Whether it was drama. Um, music, but I was always out there in the streets. For some reason, the streets cap it captivated me. I don't know why. I love going to church. Don't get me wrong. Love being in the walls, learning. But I knew there's got to be more than this, and I learned this very early on. Like you, your blessing's gonna be when you go out. And the Lord told me that, Pastor Mike, when I got saved, He said, "I'm gonna bless you with much again. You're gonna bring all that in. Um, you know, your income, your house, all that. But I'm gonna require it of you later." Mm-hmm. to go do ministry. And I had no no idea. All he says, like you said about um, Abram, you're going to go ahead and take your tent down and you're going to pitch it somewhere else. Right. And all I said was, yes, Lord, because mm. I was still grateful that he saved me. Right. It's not like you come to this five years later and you're like, oh, I'm good now, Lord. No, you remember... <laughs> what God brought you out of. That can your be life the... is your own, is not your own anymore. Yeah. And you said that when you got saved. So God would always remind me, like, go back to your beginning. And I, I kept that with me. I right. still have it today. 
um, 18, what is it? No, 28 years later. Oh my God, 1992. It's still with me. Right. Like when I got saved, I, that, that zealous for people. If I see somebody in the park and I go out there, oh my God. It's like, it's on, Lord. Let's go get them saved. Let's go, you know, go feed them. Do whatever you have to do, man, but show that love, you know. That's what, it's still uh, there today. One of the uh, passions of Pastor Owen, too, man. Yes. We're we're going out all the time, man. <laughs> we're hitting the streets. We're, I love it, man. We get out there. We go into the abandoned buildings. We go under bridges. We're like love it. in the camps. We don't just, just kind of pull up. We get down in there. in there and sit down with them and yes. tell them and and shine the light man we gotta yeah. the son of man came to seek and save those right. that are lost and so and you know uh, those ones that are lost pastor mike those are our treasures those are yes. god's treasures yes they're treasures out of darkness yes so they're they're in dark places they're not going to be found in light Right, they're going to be found in darkness, so, and he says he will make them treasures so out of darkness. Don't we shouldn't just wait for them to come into the church? No, because the Bible says to <laughs> compel them yes. and go into the world. So it, you know, you have you have to know what the word says. Like you know, yeah. I don't think God saved me just to sit in the pew. I could not see that. Not every, not the hell that I've been through. Excuse my language. I mean that in a good way. Yeah, like He rescued me from hell. Yeah, uh, you know, and now it's like, come on, you were birthed for the. Through, for this, you yes. know, you went through a lot, but you know what it is to be under those bridges. You know what it is to hang out in those places. You might not have had been in prison, but you had your own prison. Right. Worse off than some of them because of your mind, the way it, it was just, the structure was just anxiety, depression, you know, shut down, trauma, you know. The state of our world, our society right now, it's now it's more important than ever that we're shining the light that we're out there reaching out touching um encouraging um connecting with people um this is these times these are perilous times the lawlessness and the you know the um it's definitely an age where you know their evil is being called good and good's being called evil and uh this is the moment we've been trained for. This is a moment that yes. that uh, and it it really is. It's it's an opportunity, um, amazing opportunity to be here and for such a time as this to be able to share the good news and shine God's light mm. in in this generation in this time that we're living in. Yes, I really believe so. Um, you know, we serve a God that's he's relevant. He's relevant for the times, the days and age. His word never changes. But, you know, I want to say like sometimes methods change and things that, you know, will always reach people. And the reason I say that is because we do live in different times. Right. It's like church seems to not be looked at as how it used to, especially because of this pandemic. Right. So there's different. like right now we're in a park. We do have a building and we technically could and may shouldn't not be in there. So we're in a park. So, but it's okay that the, the ministry still goes on because there's people who need to be fed the word of God and there's still hurting people out there. Yes. Uh, and we have technology now that we can do things like this and reach people. I have a live group that I do every Wednesday and people are tuning in and we're, we're just going full fledged with discipleship. We're hitting it hard, you know, and loving people. If I believe God's love could just be strong through the airwaves because yes. people are telling me they're getting broken and they're 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 hearing it and they're feeling the presence of god remember i got saved by a television program mm -hmm. so nobody told me about that it was just 
It was the TV, and I felt the presence of God. And that was before podcasts. Before podcasts, <laughs> cell phones, you know. Huh. So I've lived that. I I, <laughs> I went through that for a reason, and, you know, 30 years later, we're still doing it. <laughs> so, so. Um, you know, and, and, and we were talking earlier, and, and sometimes we can run into areas of difficulty. We can uh, kind of um, uh, run into some challenges and... You know, a lot of times, and I've heard people say, you know, was I was, God was moving, myself included. I had I had an encounter with God. I was uh, born again, and 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 I um, I fell from grace. I, I I separated myself from my support system, and one thing led to another, and I was in a very dark place. Um, and it happened. Um, because I got disconnected, but also because there was a void, there was there was an area in my life that that I hadn't genuinely healed from, mm-hmm. and I think you know those things can uh, can those underlying issues if they're not dealt with or um, identified and dealt with, mm-hmm. they can really um, defeat us yeah. in, in yes. areas of our our walk with God or call. Yes. Yes. And I really believe that. And that's, that's interesting that you brought that up because that pretty much happened in my life too, that came off later in my um, mid years. You know, remember I was uh, saved in my early twenties when Mm -hmm. I gave my life to to the Lord. So, uh, you know, gung ho everything. And I think, you know, I'm healed from drug addiction and alcohol and all that. And the party life, uh, and then, you know, I started going into uh, the prisons. That was awesome. You know, Juvenile Hall. I just went to go do a drama one day. I think I played a sick, uh, what did I play? I played the guy who whipped Jesus on Easter. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to play that, you know. But they said, you got to bring it, Danny. I'm like, oh, dang, you know, that's kind of tough. Anyhow, <laughs> they said tough, I did such a good job. Like, tough they shoes were scared. To fill, huh? It was, but I was like, I never really hurt the guy. But you know. <laughs> anyhow, it's funny that I turned into drama later like I started like from there I don't know why I just love drama but because I seen the impact what it did that's what it was so a lot of those youngsters it was a San Bernardino Juvenile Hall we went in there and we uh, did a, a Easter play the resurrection and a lot of them got say they're crying and everything so I was like wow I love this so I signed up for that and I ended up doing that every Sunday for 14 years straight I went in on a Sunday at 9 a.m. from 9 to 10 and I'd take one of those units and I'd preach Wow. And I did it for 14 years. That's what God gave me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wow. um, after that, I uh, started going into different, uh, I w- we would do, we would open up churches and go help other churches all around the nation. Mm-hmm. So we started off like in Southern California, always take dramas, loving on people, um, salvation calls, all that, praying for people. Then it started to go to different states. And after the States, um, I felt a call to go into London. And so I was called to London and they had a church out there and I went to go help them. And I stood out there actually for a year. I went there a few times and um, I ended up like helping the church there. I ran a men's home in South London. We helped pioneer a church there. I did that by just doing what I knew best, just go out in the streets and love them. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know any way. There was no like media that you're going to put it up on social media. You actually have to go out there. And yes. compel them. So we still try to do that today, not just rely on media stuff. You know? Right, right. Some people can catch that, but there's still people that need to be out there. So I did that, came back. I was sent out to Africa for about three months. 
and did some work out there. We pioneered, we helped launch uh, 13 Bible studies in a little town called Saboyaba. I've been spit at, bottles thrown at me, um, arrested. I've been, you know, gunpoint from crooked cops out there in some of these third world countries. But nevertheless, the gospel still had to go. Now, listen, I've never been no fighter in the world or, or faced that. But I realized that God made me a fighter to stand on his word in the spiritual realm. Mm. So I didn't have the, I kind of had a little bit of fear, but not too much because I knew that God brought me over there for a reason. And I would just start praying. That's all I had to do. Just, Father, I pray that you take this away. And then it would stop. Wow. You know, but I kind of understand, you know, um, what it was to like actually go further with the gospel because persecution is either going to take you away or, or you're going to push through it and you're going to get more of a zealous to do it, just like Apostle Paul. Right. And just like Jesus, you know. Right. He said, you're going to have these things in the world. They're going to hate you. They're going to re revile you, you know. Some of you will be thrown in prison for that, you know. And um, so through all that time, you know, I came back. I helped launch church in Hawaii. They're doing really good, by the way, today. Wow, And nice. we ran a men's home. I, I was telling you earlier how I used to have to go find buildings for, for all of them. I'm like, why do you have me do that, Lord? But uh, that was fun. Then when I came back, um, I was in my early 40s and I started to, uh, you were talking about the issues of the heart that rise up mm -hmm. later in life. And as men, I started to get something that started to manifest in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was very hard to deal with. And because I didn't deal with it, I started to uh, deal with depression Right. as a Christian, right. as in ministry. And I noticed I started to slow down a little bit and I knew how to do it on the outer part, but my heart started to change. It started to take on fear mm -hmm. and oppression. So, you know, um, and, I, and I think it's uh, really challenging, um, especially as a believer, but even just as a man mm -hmm. um, to begin to identify or say, hey, you know what? Mm -hmm. I, I think something's going on. We can find so many reasons to justify maybe taking a break or focusing on something else rather than the call of God in our life. Um, and a lot of times those might be valid uh, or not necessarily bad things, but when we're, when we're putting more emphasis on, on other things than we are on Jesus and what he wants to do in our life, then it can be a, a, a problem. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we really, um, we uh, are constantly working with men, trying to get men to become aware of, of maybe some deep-rooted issues, things hidden inside, so that we can be more productive. And And Jesus said, you're the vine, and my father's the vine dresser, and and he wants to trim. I mean, he's the vine, we're the branches, and mm -hmm. his father's the vine dresser, and there's areas that need to be trimmed off of our life right. if we want to continue to be fruitful and and grow in a healthy manner. Um, but oftentimes, that's the most difficult thing at all of all, especially for men sometimes to face those things. Right, right. So it, during that time, Pastor Mike, um, I kind of took a a way out, like you said. I I felt it was time to take a break. Mm -hmm. um, I started getting like this offense on me mm. and it was really weird. Like, you know, it was my perception now right. of how things were being done. And right. um, so I took a break. I said, 
I'm going to stop ministry. Wow, who would have ever thought after going year after year and all those wonderful journeys and wow. juvenile halls and leading ministries and the zealousness. And I was pretty much hurt. Right. I was hurt. And um, I came back and I, you know, I just started battling again with depression. And um, I remember taking and I just stopped going to church when wow. I found myself back in alcohol, drugs. And when I hit the drug, it, 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 it numbed the pain. Mm-hmm. And it come to find out that I did it again, and I kept looking for that feeling, and right. I never got it. I did that off and on for a few years, about three to four years, and um, still going to church every once in a while. But I never took the leadership part. I just said, "No, nah, I'm just going to go." And you know, I go, "I can't be used right now." You know, that not really all the way right. You know, right. but I I wanted God. I just you know had these issues. Little did I know that the issue that I was dealing with and it manifested later was I had to face the fact that as a, as a grown man in my 40s, I had to deal with something that happened in my childhood. And I believe it was some someone, I don't, still can't put a face on it. It was not anybody in my family. It was, I believe, someone in the past, I think, from when my dad ran a men's home. Mm-hmm. And what that was, was molestation. Okay. And I began to get the images of when I was like, um, we would be down in a cellar and we uh, that's where all the food was at. Mm-hmm. So I would help. There was always milk, you know, bread, food, and they would get the boxes ready and I would help one or two of them. And um, I must have blocked that out because I don't remember exactly what happened. I just was very young. Right. So that just manifested later and then God began to show me images and dreams of where it took place. Right. But I could never pinpoint who it was. Right. So that hurt. Because I didn't know how to tell a man that <laughs> right. or anybody. Right. Because remember, I was already in my 40s. Mm-hmm. So, And then I'm battling with drug addiction again and depression, anxiety. Like, who does that after a long history of, of doing ministry and, you know, zealousness for God? And, and, a, and an unhealed person does. And a mm. lot of times there's these underlying issues. And, and, uh, and if we don't begin to address those, and that's where we see backsliding. That's where we see falling from grace. That's where we see, you know, people lose their faith. And mm-hmm. the enemy loves to have those things deep-rooted right. and bring those things up to cause us to be ineffective and, and you know, ultimately, you know, uh, can destroy us. Um, mm-hmm. Destroy us. You know, we could have... Uh, you could have not made it back. It was by the right. grace of God once again. Oh, man. And uh, but I, I uh, commend you for for you know doing that searching out and then listening to God and and helping him him helping you to identify right. and then overcome those yeah. things. Yeah. We have our Thursday evening at seven mm. o'clock. It's our overcomers mm-hmm. uh, meeting or service. And we deal with a lot of this stuff and, and, you know, our minds actually, um, will block out things and it's a mm-hmm. defense mechanism. Sure. So we don't, um, so we, uh, when traumatic experience takes place, We'll actually kind of lock those things away, right. and so we have to learn how to unlock that stuff. Yes. And and if we are, if we're finding ourselves being offended easily, mm-hmm. or defensive, or right. unable to trust or connect, um, one of the things that um, that helped me was I, I came to see that I was 
only able to maintain superficial relationships. Mm. And and God began to show me, why do you have a problem mm-hmm. going to another, you know, connecting with someone on a deeper level, um, you know, another man. And, and it, ultimately mm-hmm. it goes back to abuse or rejection mm-hmm. or, you know, something that took place. And then learning how to navigate our way through that healing. And Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'll give you rest, rest for your soul. And it's in our soul. That's where this mm. this thing is lying it's it's so in our emo- it's in the core of a right. person that word soul is our core it's our our mind our emotions our feelings and mm-hmm. as men a lot of times we're just i'm not going to feel that i'm just going to pack it right. away i'm going to and it's there and it's it's still um it's sterile there and it's still very right. um potent if you will and yes. toxic and we need to get those things removed by yes. the power of the holy spirit and I'm so blessed that, that, you know, he did. And I, you know, I, I had seen certain areas in my life. It's almost like if the Lord was allowing me to see my life through a microscope now, it was so different. Like, mm. wow, this is so different than before. You know, so I'm seeing all the error of my ways and all that. Another issue I had, because when my dad had backslid, I, I, we didn't have a good relationship. Mm. We were always fighting or this and that. And, you know, so I kind of like lost respect for my dad. Thank God I got it back when he passed. But I think it stood with me and I, I noticed I brought that up. That came back in ministry because I was always trying to get the attention of a pastor mm. as I needed validation. Right. I needed it even through my brothers. Like I needed a lot of validation. I don't know why that happened, but it looked, I think it was, I was trying to get validation from my dad. Right. Because I had felt like I lost it somewhere. Yes. Like if I did something wrong. So I noticed that that played in there too. Right. Here I am a 40 year old man dealing with, you know, trying to get from a validation so bad from a pastor that, you know, if I had position that I felt that I was accepted mm, and it was wow. like, wow, you know, so there was just all these underlining things that were popping up right. that I felt like I, I could still do ministry. That's what was a trip. I had good leaders um, giving me opportunity. I could still teach. I could preach. I could serve. I knew how to do it, be a ministry director, but there was still an underlying heart condition. And, and you know, uh, and I've talked with a lot of men or, or people, and I think that it's that a lot of times the church can actually fail in those areas mm. of when there's a lack of intimacy, mm-hmm. uh, connection, and uh, genuine, uh, genuine connection. Um, between us and the uh, body of believers or where we're at because, mm-hmm. you know, there should have been an environment where you could, um, someone that you felt safe and, and able to share some of these feelings right. or, you know, somebody um, that could identify um, maybe some challenges that you were facing right, right. and say, hey, let's talk about this. Right. Let's figure this right. out. And that's kind of an, an environment I know you guys are doing a lot and, and us mm-hmm. as well. I, I really yeah. believe that intimate connection, once again, that ecclesia is mm-hmm. uh, so important um, in within the body. Jesus said that uh, on this rock, I'll build my ch- ecclesia, my church, mm-hmm. and the gates of hell will not prevail. Will not prevail. And that word ecclesia is a, a union, community. It's a fellowship. It's a companionship. Right. And... 
sometimes churches can be ran like businesses and yes. and you know we could be you know effective right but not really being fruitful exactly. in the manner of connection and community right. and and bonding right. um heart to heart right so what happens is i feel like we you know we can be a disservice if we don't let god take care of the heart issues right because the bible says everything flows the matters of the heart everything the the issues of life flow yes. through that so i started to catch that you know um another thing i i think as men we deal with is pride mm. because i i remember uh bef- we were trained to be soldiers in the early beginnings and so the way i was taught was like you don't really show that side of you you just take that through prayer so i right. really never brought that out cuz remember we were busy going winning countries Right. So we don't have time to be talking about that stuff. So as they were coming on, and I thank God I did go to another church where they did address that. Right. And they had these freedom class and free from breaking free and all that. And what you do too, that's wonderful. Right. And I realized that men need that. Yes. There's so many men that they leave or they run. I was one of them. Right. But mine was pride mm. because I held pride because I didn't want nobody to know. Right. So it also brought secrecy and secrecy is not a good thing to carry. Right. It really is horrible. It's kind of like I'm going to carry that in my box here, but nobody could see that. But I could do everything else in ministry. Right. I'm great at all this. I can know how to smile. It's not that I want to be that way, but that was a survival kit. Yes. But Jesus is not just about survival. He's about whole healing. Yes. From the yes. inside out. Come on. And then when I finally, finally got tired of being sick and tired of being like that, I had to become real. Right. And I had to let it, the moment I let it out and started being real and saying, yes, this happened. And I like kind of like King David, it was not even I didn't sin because of my father or mother or the pastor, the church or somebody offended me. I sinned because I'm a sinner mm. and I have only sinned against you, oh Lord. Right. And when King David did that, that's when he became free. Mm. And that's what happened to me. Right. So I repented of all that. God on my face. I cried out to God on the floor. Till that thing left, started getting my words. I finally started being accountable in the secret part, That's not right. the other Danny part that everybody loves and the <laughs> type A personality. No, the secret part. Right? Did yes. you pray today? No. Well, brother, you got to get him some prayer. Okay, let's pray right now. You know, just yeah. things like you. And then I learned you got to tell on yourself. Mm. <laughs> and I I had to learn that again. Like, man, pastor, you know, wow, this happened. I know it sounds crazy, but you have to get that going. Right. You know, um, in the early, you know, when I broke free, I had to like kind of bring what was shameful and bring it like a light, if that makes sense. Yes. So I exposed myself out there so that I could be free to talk about it. Right. Because that is part of my testimony. Mm-hmm. I can't sit here and tell you that I had the, the, from 28 years ago. It's been a fine line all the way. Mm. That's not true because there was a curveball in there. Right. And there was a lot of issues in that. But now today I'm uh, even more free, man. I'm free because Jesus says, if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Yes. And so praise the Lord. We could do ministry the way the Lord said to do ministry. That's right. Rather than doing all that, just offer them a cup of water. Because a cup of water, if you drink from this, you will not thirst no more. Right. And that's really what Oasis is all about. It's about a a cup of water in a dry desert. Mm -hmm. And when we're dry, boy, we need it. We need that water. Not the Kool-Aid. Not the lemon juice, <laughs> not the Coke and, you know, we need the water, the right. real water. But this one, we need the living water. 
That's right. So I feel like I'm a, a rebirth again, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just amazing feeling. It's 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 beautiful. It's a beautiful road to walk with the Lord, to wake up and be free and not have anything held against me. Wonderful. Pastor Sean had a saying, um, and it's uh, secrets keep you sick, right? And uh, and and it is when we're holding this stuff in, it's 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 harmful. It it keeps us sick. It keeps us bound. And you know whether it's offense, whether it's rejection, whether it's our own pride, um, that will keep us in these cycles and and will always have a hold on to, on us until we're ready or willing rather to expose those things and then uh give them genuinely give them to god and and be able to heal and move forward and i believe that after that though we're even better equipped having mm. that experience now to really um display and live out that genuine compassion and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. So true, Pastor Mike. Yeah. So true. That's amazing. Um so uh I think one of the takeaways from this podcast is is really to um to begin to look inside and and just get genuine. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says that that our faith is tested like gold and God's uh, even with the circumstances that we're facing in the world today, that God is is actually using those things to purify our faith and the church as we know it, um, that he's bringing up impurities. Mm-hmm. Um, it's through difficulties or pressure that the impurities will come out, right? Oh, yeah. When we're challenged, yes. when we're, you know, when somebody um, is is rude to us oh, yeah. or if we're faced with a challenging situation, if if you squeeze a lemon, what's going to come out? Lemon juice. Lemon juice. And so sometimes we, we need to kind of examine what's coming out of us our, us during difficult situations and and that can actually be an indicator of the area in our life that we need to to work on or allow God to bring healing that into. Is so true. Yeah. So, so true. that's great stuff. And um and uh and we were talking earlier about faith too, about uh and in Hebrews where where faith is the substance of things. Right. Uh uh and you were, you were sharing something like well, that? Well, I would say, you know, a lot of times, you know, we read about that, like faith. And, you know, we could all say we have faith. But substance means like you're on your way. It it Substance comes from, you know, faith comes from somewhere. In other words, God is saying, you know what? You don't have to have it all together. Just believe that, that I can do it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know the whole plan. You just have to have faith. I will take you through the steps from a substance. And on the way, your faith is going to build. It's mm-hmm. going to grow. So every day keep seeking me and your faith will build. I think a lot of times we get mixed up. Like we have to have the faith now. Like, you know, he just, that's why he said the faith of a mustard seed. It's so small. You could barely see it. That's all you need to start. But then as time goes on, you know, um, it's just going to continue to grow. And without that hope, man, what do, what do we have? Right. I have hope. I think that's what I believe that's what has gotten me all through this life of longevity is hope. Right. Is ho- I'm still excited as 1992 what God's going to do. <laughs> I mean, it's I still feel like a kid. Somebody had to remind me that I'm 55 years old. I'm, oh, okay. I, I mean, what am I supposed to do with that? I feel like a zealous person for life that what God's going to do. Yes. You know? The substance, and I always picture it as something that we can grab onto. It's mm-hmm. in the future, but we can actually grab onto the future now, and now. we can and we can 
possess that hope. Yes. And, you know, we're out there all the time talking with people and, and sharing with people. And that's what happens is people get hopeless and they, right. they just get discouraged. And, you know, if you're watching the news and things just mm-hmm. keep uh, overwhelming, you get a sense of over uh, being overwhelmed, discouraged, depressed. How is all this going to uh, play out? Mm-hmm. Um, when are things going to get back to normal? I just right. want to encourage you, hold on to hope. Get this word hidden in your heart. Yes. Get into a, a connect with a church family. Yes. Come alongside some brothers and sisters right. that will uh, feed your faith and and feed your faith with this word. And and don't let hope die though. Don't let it. No. Uh, don't give up. Um, yes. God still has a plan. He's still yes. in control. He is still large and in charge. Um, there's yes. nothing that is escapes his sight. Yes. And he is able to make a way, even uh, in the midst of our, oh, uh, in our humanness yes. or our shortcomings. You're looking at a testimony right here. And I was sharing with my mother-in-law earlier that God is a, if you look at the word re, it's so uh, relevant important in the bible re he's a rewarder he's a renewer of faith or he's a refresher he refreshes our soul he repairs he mm. repaired the walls of jerusalem you know but uh the temple but that's us now he, re, he could repair us that yeah. which was desolate at one time that's that's my talk right there that's my life you rebuilt it Right. Uh, num- numerous of times, you know, yes. uh, he renews our faith. He gives us, he restructures, he reforms everything. So embrace the reason in your life because God does that. He's the best at it, you know. Uh, so don't give up hope. Remember, God's even, he loves the backslider. Huh. Come back, get the identity that you need for Jesus. See, I had, didn't have my identity all the mm. way in Christ because it's that scripture that, um, I believe it was saying like who Jesus asked one of the disciples, who do you say that I am? And he says, Oh, you are the son of God, you know? And he, so he gave the right answer, good answer, but he didn't have that personally yet. Right. And I believe there comes a time in our life that we have to make it personal. Yes. When we do that, that's when you have that loving relationship with God. Right. Even with our faults, you know, <laughs> and, and that's really the key right there. Cause we can know about God, mm-hmm. you know, we could know scripture, we could be in church and we could know all about God. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people, they have a lot of information, but when you really know God and you said something really important, you talked about that secret place, mm-hmm. that intimacy with God, that prayer closet, that time alone mm-hmm. uh, with God. And, and, and it's important that we're in corporate settings, um, united and, and, and in corporate prayer and, and meeting together. But it's also really important that we have that personal time yes. with God to get to yes. know him. And, and even in our prayer that we're not just praying telling God what we want or how things, how we think things should happen or Mm -hmm. what we need, but receiving from God, listening to God, listening this time, being intentional and saying, God, I'm just going to take the next two hour, hour, whatever it is, 20, whatever it is and saying, this is our time. I just, I just want to feel your presence and, and just nourish me, just hold me dad. Right. You know, and you know, a lot of men, we have uh, dad issues and and myself included. And Mm -hmm. it was really hard for me to, to, uh, understand the concept when, when I was reading God, the father. And, Mm -hmm. and then I heard God mentioning to me that, uh, that he was 
calling me to be a father, to mm. to um, provide, um, to protect, to nurture um, people. And I'm like, no, you must have the wrong person. And he goes, I I didn't have an earthly father to see those examples. And he said, don't worry, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you. Mm. I'll be that example for you. Just trust me. Just just continue to to um, follow me, and I'll give you the words, and I'll show you what to do. And uh, and so God so uh, God so faithful. Um, yes, to to help us get through those times he's, and he's and, loving uh, man he's so loving and you know God wants to I really believe bring the men back like Adam with the, in the Garden of Eden make your own garden with God mm, that's good do that before the day starts I love okay. that <laughs> All right. and, uh, ain't nobody ever take me from that Pastor Mike oh. that's where everything begins <laughs> yeah man I love it right <laughs> before you go out there you know. You yes. got to have some prayer with God and just spend time with him. Be yourself. You know, I'm so more myself than I am today than I used to. Mm-hmm. I have a different prayer where it's just, I don't want to say, I'm I'm just saying when you could become real, you could just speak to God like he's your father. Yes. You know, he's daddy. He's personal. Yes. And I love it. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> Nobody's been able to fill that, that void or that area like he has. Right. Yeah. It's so wonderful to, to reno my father. That's in the right. right way. Yeah. That's good stuff. Praise God. Um, our clock's winding down. I want you to, um, if you would share with us um, some of the things that your ministry is doing okay. uh, right now. And I know you guys have some things planned for the future. Right, right. Um, okay. So again, we're Oasis Live Church in Rancho Cucamonga. Because of the pandemic, you know, all this and that, we're having church in the park, which is right across the street from our building, Bear Gulch Park. So we're in there for the month of, we're in the, in the park for the month of um, August. Mm-hmm. So we have our worship team out there and we have people we're evangelizing the areas. People are starting to come. We have an awesome new um, Oasis Live Kids Zone. And wow. so we have wonderful kids coming out and we just set it up so they could have fun activities. And of course, they love learning about Jesus at such a young age. And God began to put that in my heart. Remember when you were young and you were in Sunday school? And what that did for you. Mm. So right now I'm helping the pastor get that going until we can get some leaders. But right now I'm loving it. Nice. Um, spending some time with the children. Um, we have, uh, we're giving groceries out on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to come, you can get some wonderful food that we get uh, donated. Good, good food. So come on out. Excellent. Sunday's all free. Uh, we have um, our, when that's Sunday service, 10 o'clock. We have our uh, live group that's every Wednesday at 7 p.m. You can log in, log into Oasis Live Church uh, from Facebook. Uh, we have intercessory prayer. If you need prayer, listen, God is, my goodness, God is answering prayer so much, I can't even, you know, <laughs> fathom about that because we keep getting so much feedback of all the prayers that are being answered, whether it's healing, sickness, there has been kids who have ran away, teenagers, broken marriages, they needed a car, a job, you name it. And God has been answering them little by little. People that were backslidden, they're coming back. We've seen in our own life, you know, my wife, Raquel, has um, kids and now they're coming to the Lord and mm. we've been praying for them. It's just ironic. What you know, They needed a job. They got a job. Like good jobs, like $20 an hour. Like we are just sitting back and watch God move. Wonderful. So listen, call in to prayer. My number is right on the screen. 
Uh, you could, well, my wife, you can go through her or you could go through uh, our church phone. I believe it's right there up on go the Go ahead screen. and say it just in case. Okay. So the- yeah. Uh, my number is 909-553-9740. If you don't see it on the screen, just call call me or text me or go to the Facebook and you could put it on there as well. Uh, you could call me if you want to talk counseling. We got a lot of great things going on. I really, though, um, encourage you to call in for prayer because that's where things are really happening. Yes. It's not us. It's just where two or three are gathered. Power and there's only three of us, me, my wife, and my mom. Uh-huh. My mom's in a nursing facility. I put her on speaker, and she's <laughs> praying the fire down, and we're coming into agreement, and we're actually watching God move, yes. Pastor Mike. Yes. So I'm like, y'all got to start praying because, man, this is what God is doing. We have a men's uh, ministry, Oasis Men's Group. And this Saturday, we'll be having a wonderful breakfast. And I'm going to be having a panel of speakers, three speakers. And we're going to be hitting hard some men issues of getting up and personal. And then awesome. you get a big lumberjack breakfast, you know. Wow. So that's this Saturday at um, 9 a.m. at my house. Again, 909-553-9740. We have some upcoming um, events. Uh, well, we have a community connection ministry that we have. My pastor, Pastor Mike Armideris, he's a senior pastor. He has this. And what we uh, came up with, it was really him, but I fit right in the puzzle because I love this. It's a, a plethora of resources that deals from mental health counseling, Christian counseling, um, sex addiction classes, if you deal with that, deep-rooted issues, uh, clothing, uh, job skills for teens and adults, um, uh, all kinds of different things. If you need just various parts of counseling, we're looking at opening up a school too from K through sixth grade. So that's in the works as well. That's amazing. I absolutely love it. And we... We need well-rounded ministries that are able, ready, uh, and prepared to facilitate all different areas. And and uh, thank you so much, Pastor oh, Danny. Um, My I love you. I, love you I remember too. back in the day we were on a praise team together. We were, huh? Yeah. Oh my we're, god. Yeah, that was. Uh, you were the drummer, right? Yes. And I was one of the singers. Yes, yeah. Yeah. we did that for quite yeah. a while. We did it for a while. Yeah, we did some events. I but... learned your drum style, so I used to hear your beat, and then I knew when to come in because we go one, <laughs> two, three, four. One, two, three, four. That's how I. <laughs> it's such a pleasure to have you out, um, and uh, I hope we're able to do this again. Yes. I want to say thank you to Pastor Sean Kelly and Hope Radio. Um, Pastor Danny, this facility is open and wow. available uh, to you and to anyone else that might be interested thank in uh, doing a podcast. This is going to go be going out across Spotify, just mm. uh, across so many different formats. This is an amazing way to get the, the good news and the message that God has in your heart out to the nations, literally out to the nations. Um, I'm Pastor Michael from Center of Hope Church. Um, If you have any needs, we would love to be of assistance to you as well. We do counseling. We have food, resources, housing, whatever we could do. My number is 909-272-5328. We want to let you know and remind you once again, do not lose hope. Hold on to hope. God is here and he's coming to save you. God bless you all. We love you and have a fantastic day. And finding less of me. And now I'm free.